from 1924 when he threw rocks around a canyon down into the modern age he's been a boon companion though many folks have seen him know now none of them have held him or brought a decent hand sample to dr jeffrey meldrum you're walking through the woods one night and you see a vague footprint Build a mold and cast that bitch, cause it could be a hit. But if you've never seen a Sasquatch, just seek and you will find. Because Bigfoot is a state of mind. Yes, Bigfoot is a state of mind. Good evening, or morning, or whatever, everybody. Welcome to the Hidden Zoo. Where every We're back. Week, every week, for real this time. We make fun of an animal that probably doesn't exist. I'm Don. With me, as always, is Blake. Hey, Don. Hi, Blake. Good, good to be back for two whole weeks in a row. I know, right? Yeah. And this episode is going to drop. By the time you're listening to this, I will probably be on a plane en route to San Francisco for a work conference. No, you're not investigating cryptid sightings. No. I mean, I might while I'm there. See what's you'll see what they got. Yeah, they'll probably have like a hobo squatch. They're gonna meet up with Adam Savage to create some kind of cryptid trap. Yeah, that's actually you figured it out. It's not a work conference. I'm actually going to meet with my good friend Adam Savage of MythBusters <laughs> to work on his new show where he builds things. Savage builds and uses them to to trap and or attack cryptids. Mm-hmm. But we never find any because there are no cryptids. <laughs> Team up with the Finding Bigfoot clowns to. Mm-hmm shoot nets at bushes <laughs> that would be fun clowns ever get a net gun i don't know i never watched that show because i would take really any excuse to invest in a net gun it can't be that hard to build a net gun i bet i could build a net gun with some pvc pipe you can i've looked it up yeah i'm like i'm just turning over in my head how i would do that wouldn't be that hard not really i've looked i've looked up I've, I've seen it done. So maybe we need to build a net gun next time we get together. I think so, yeah. And go hunting for Squatch. I would just shoot it at kids. Because <laughs> that's funny to be like firing a net at a child and catching them. <laughs> and dragging them off. No, they would just, I'd see it, like, just, well, it's kids I know. <laughs> not just random children. I'm not like rolling up in a truck and just firing nets at <laughs> straight. <laughs> and then just leaving them trapped briefly in a net you just you just go to mobius and start shooting children at the science center <laughs> stay well, there kid you're trapped no science for you there's all these kids hiding behind things don't let them net me it's called bagging and tagging kids i'm teaching you about science that's, yeah. how, that's how we track you in the wild gotta fix it at your tags so if i capture you again i could know i could track your migratory patterns Ow! it hurts my ear this one's increased in mass since last season. <laughs> Timmy, you've been eating fucking Twinkies again? You think, okay, now get your thumb down its throat so we can see what it's been eating. Hot oh, Hot Pockets again. <laughs> well, my mommy works long hours. <laughs> this one will be, this is a, a subspecies called the Latchkey. <laughs> when left to their own devices, they feed themselves just plastic bits of detritus. They have a rudimentary language made up of <laughs> racial slurs and Fortnite dances. This one's been eating crayons. <laughs> the only the only coordinated movement we've seen them be able to do is something called the floss. We're not quite sure what it means, but it sure is fucking dumb. Really that coordinated, but it is annoying and stupid. We're old. I don't care about learning new stupid shit like that. Like we all had our stupid shit, and as long as you look back and and recognize that our shit was stupid, it's okay to recognize that the current shit is also stupid. But the dance from the Men in Black video was way fucking cooler than the floss dance. I mean, it was an actual dance. <laughs> you moved around in space rather mm -hmm. than just spazzing out your arms. Yeah, but I mean, like there are stupid ass fads for every generation. I think that's why they like it so much is that with just a, the most mild amount of effort, they can actually do it. Yeah, it's really, really white people. Where it's, oh, I just practice this for 15 minutes and I can kind of do it. Yeah, I call it the dance. It's, it's a dance now. Any way you move yourself is now considered a dance. Is it, 
all the kids on that movie I did last year were doing it constantly, and I had no idea what it was or why they were doing it. Why? Why do they look like a, a like one of the hula girls on a dashboard? First kid was doing it. I was like, "What is wrong with you? What are you doing?" It's called the are floss. You... It's how I keep my taint clean. Well, just... I didn't actually ask. I oh. just thought to myself, "Like, what is wrong with this child?" Because that, that's kind of that's kind of the implication there is that you're flossing between your legs with those hand motions. So just presumably they just have like a wax mint coated rope that they're rubbing all up in their taint. Gross. Yeah. That's well, that was the original intent of the of the motion mm-hmm. back in the times. Where uh, you had to constantly apply liniments. Fun digression. Years ago, when we were at our trivia night with our friends Alex and Alina, we were having an argument over the definition of the word chode. Do you remember this? Yes, and, and I don't think we ever got a satisfactory answer for this. Oh we? no, no, we did. Uh, so because I had always heard that the the spi- space between your testicles and your asshole was the taint, but also could be the chode. Uh-huh. But everybody in Washington or from Washington had been told that the, a chode is a dick that is wider than it is long, and that the taint is just the taint, or maybe the gooch. <laughs> So, I don't remember where I landed on that. So I, don't, I, think, I don't think I ever actually knew, had a definition of it. We, we looked up Urban Dictionary, and definition number one was a dick that is wider than it is long. Really? Definition um, number two was the space between your balls and asshole. Definition number three was people who argue about whether <laughs> chode means a dick that is wider than it is long or the space between your balls and your asshole. And we were like, oh, okay. Well... Well played, Urban Dictionary. Well played. That's settled, then. <laughs> I guess we know. Knowing is half the battle. Yeah, it is. So, what do you got? What do you got for us this week? I cannot believe we haven't done the Yeti. Yeah, it's kind of... Uh, yeah, how have we not done the Yeti? I just assumed we had done it, or but, that I had done it. We've <laughs> done, like, four happened, right? different episodes on different aspects of Bigfoot. And we've not done a single Yeti. I feel like I, or maybe I looked it up once to do it and then found something better. No, we have not done the Yeti. It is not on our master list of cryptids. I love that you have a master list of cryptids. Oh, yeah, that, that, so I can send it to people when, when like, we get random guests and they don't duplicate something we already did. Or we don't. I've been waiting to just accidentally do the same one again and then realize, like, halfway through reading about it. Oh, I already did this one. Hey, I already did this one. Yeah, but the jokes are new. <laughs> oh, I already did Batsquatch. <laughs> I did Batsquatch last week. God damn it. <laughs> Batsquatch is really dumb. It's very stupid. And I loved it. It's great. And Yeti isn't as dumb. It's still dumb. I mean, it's like, it's, it, but it's dumb in the Bigfoot way of being dumb. Of Yeah, okay, it's a giant hominid in a remote area. Sure. This is one that even as a kid, I thought, like, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, because it's no, it's no more or less ridiculous than, than Bigfoot. Yeah. You Almost just... an actual Bigfoot. <laughs> You, like, that was legitimate. I mean, it's no dumber than actual Bigfoot. <laughs> They're a real Bigfoot. That's different. Like real Bigfoot. You know, Yeti's some bullshit, like, Chinese ripoff of Bigfoot. It's just, you know, because Sherpas don't know what they're looking at. So Yeah. They can't, they can't adequately tell the difference between a Bigfoot and a person. It's not like us in the West. We're no. pretty familiar with what a person looks like. So really what this is, you know, you know when, you know, Indian Superman or Indian Spider-Man or Italian Spider-Man, whatever the fuck, you know, you know, you know, when another country just takes an American thing and makes a dumb ripoff version of it, that's just what the Yeti is. Or Turkish Star Wars. Yeah. So it's the Yetis or the Abominable Snowman. Yeah. So the first account is from Yukon Cornelius (laughs) in... 1920, yeah. <laughs> the Bumble. I could get, I'd get a little bit more before you laughed, but yes, <laughs> Bumbles do in fact bounce. That's a fact we know about Bumbles. And they can put the star on the Christmas tree. Yeah, I, I, just, I really wanted to just call it a Bumble the whole time. I'm going to. So Bumbles, <laughs> the term abominable snowman to refer to Bumbles was coined in 1921 when a Lieutenant Colonel Charles Howard Berry Burry, Howard Burry, led the 1921 British Mount Everest expedition. Did they so, all die? Thirty years before it was actually climbed, people were out there checking it out. Well, 
free people meaning Westerners. Yeah, I mean, they were trying. They were trying to climb it for a long time. Everybody there didn't already know about it, but... Ah, oh, this new mountain. We shall call it Mount Everest. British dudes were pretty into climbing this thing for a minute. And so he wrote a book about it, and they, they found, they found big-ass prints that he thought were caused by a wolf. But looked kind of like a barefoot man. Oh, no. And then supposedly his Sherpas said that that they must be from the wild man of the snow. To which, depending on who you credit with translating it, the Met Meto Kangmi, which either means man bear or snowman, depending on how you... So it's the abominable man bear pig. The abominable man bear. Huh. Or snowman. I think snowman does sound better than man bear. So what are the chances that it was just a hermit? Uh, it's a weird place for a hermit to live. Yeah, but it's a weird place for anyone to live. Uh, yeah, it's way up high. In the like, what if it was just a Sherpa who just got sick of white people trying to climb the mountain? And just like, <laughs> fuck this, I'm going to go live where they can't find me anymore. On that mountain that they can't get up. Oh, I, I think I know why I picked the Bumble. It's because of all the stuff about Everest lately. Oh, yeah, people dying because Yeah, Everest I is subconsciously dumb. picked this because of all the Everest stuff lately. I just realized that, like, this, this is the Yetis is what's leaping out of me right now. So we've had, like, a month of Everest stories. Mm-hmm. I, I read a book, uh, like, last year, a year or two ago, by, I don't know if you watched The Terror on AMC. It was really good. No, but what is that? It, it's uh, so it's based on the Franklin expedition, which was uh, a lost expedition to try to force the North oh, Northwest right. Passage. You did tell me about yeah. this. So it's it's based on a really good book by a guy named Dan Simmons, and he wrote another one called The Abominable, which is about an attempt to summit Everest that was waylaid by all sorts of crazy shit. And it's like the terror in that it's like a lot of the the horror comes from just the the man versus nature. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you think there's a yeti in the background too. But spoiler, there's not a single Yeti in the entire book. It's called The Abominable. And there's zero bumbles? They, they make reference to, oh, maybe the Yeti, the wild man of the mountain. And then it's uh, actually like uh, Nazis uh, who are trying to kill them. Those old, those old, those old chestnuts. Yep. Those old, old, old reliables. Mm-hmm. You can always, if you need a villain... Nazi. Yep. So the... Let's see, where's Yeti? Oh, Yeti's from Tibetan. Mm-hmm. That's where that comes from. And then in the, the English one... Because remember when I was... Like, the old... All the old books would call it the Abominable Snowman? Yeah. And then they changed it. Then it went over... Oh, Yeti, that sounds more serious. Yeah, it's... it's I, I kind of noticed the same thing with Bigfoot versus Sasquatch. Yeah, because Bigfoot... The Bigfoot people who want to be serious, it's Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. And then for the layman, it's a Bigfoot. It's Bigfoot. And I alternate between the two depending on which one is funnier in that context. Agreed. <laughs> so, which is why I'm going to be called this, calling this thing the Bumble the whole time because I find that lovable and likable. And I picture that goofy stop motion abominable <laughs> hanging out with Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> And Rudolph and the Misfit Toys. Rudolph and the Misfit Toys. Bumbles. Let's see. So this is one of those ones where they like they claim it goes back forever, kind of like Squatch, but yeah. that's, argu- that's arguable. Where you know that that or it's just a term for wild man. So yeah, it could have it could have been anything. Which doesn't you know necessarily apply to a giant unknown hominid. It was just like a dude who ran naked through the snow going, hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. It's a wild man over there. Look at, look at that guy. Oh, man, his dick's flapping in the breeze. Or it could mean snowman, which I don't know if that means. Like, it's hard to pin down if this actually means a cryptozoological thing or it's just Westerners forcing it into that pay, that hole. Right. It to make it plausible, like oh, they've got a word for this. See, they've got wild man. Yeah, it's, it's, and obviously this is a human footprint, and so you know, just like in English, when we say wild man, we mean a nine foot tall, hominid. <laughs> we we never mean a crazy guy who lives in the woods. 
Yeah, or when we say man bear, that's what we mean too. We don't mean like maybe it's walking like a man. Mm-hmm. Bears and bears can do that. Yeah, bears can are selectively bipedal. It's true. But hey, if we really want to just force it in there, we'll just make this other language fit mm-hmm. into the pre-existing thing we want it to. Sure, why not? Well, now that I think about it, when I was doing, um, I was doing some research for the manuscript that I wrote and I'm still fucking sitting on because everybody who wanted to beta read it for me was like two years ago. I still hasn't fucking finished it. So I haven't sent it to any agents or anything, but I was doing some research on uh, different British fairy lore, well, European fairy lore. And they did, there is a, the wild man, the wild man of the woods uh, in medieval European lore, which was a, a big hairy motherfucker that lived in the woods. So it would make sense if they heard wild man, they would make it try to fit the mold of the big hairy dude thing, you know, because yeah, they're, they're coming at it with that culturally already. Yeah, if Tibetans wanted to find one in Europe, then yeah, there'd be a a pre-existing word and phrase that would fit along that. That then they could just well, they pr- they clearly just mean like a big ape guy. I wonder what the cryptids would be like if. It was the opposite. Yeah, like if well, if if Asia had colonized the world instead of Europe. Yeah, or if Native Americans had colonized Europe, if they'd be like, or just yeah, the, if the cultural exchange had gone the other direction. Right, they, they'd see a weird footprint and be like, "Oh, what's that? Oh, that's a uh, 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 crazy man. Oh, oh, it's coyote. Yeah, they have coyote here too. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm a trickster dickhead." <laughs> We'll call him Trickfoot. I actually really Have you ever heard about there was a fashion in Europe for a time where it was cool to have a hermit live in your garden? What? I remember reading that a while ago. <laughs> just, it was like fashionable. You just made that up. Oh, let me look it up. Fashionable <laughs> European hermit. Where it was a cool thing. The Ornamental Hermit, Atlas Obscura, a real person paid to dress like a druid. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, that's see, it's real, right? Uh, I mean, I, I trust Atlas Obscura as far as it goes. Recruiting a hermit wasn't always easy. Sometimes they were ag- agricultural workers and they were dressed in a costume, often in a druid's costume. There was no agreement on how druids dressed, but in some cases they wore what we would call a dunce cap. It's a most peculiar phenomenon, and understanding it is one of the reasons why I have written this book. Oh, it's a quote. Oh, from, a whole book on yeah. ornamental or garden hermits. The Hermit in the Garden from Imperial Rome to Ornamental Gnome. <laughs> so it's like a living, living law gnome. That's pretty great. That's going on my wish list. Here we go. Thank you, Amazon. Bam. I want to read more about dudes who live in your garden and dress weird. I'm going to put that on my resume and see if anyone asks about it. <laughs> garden hermit. And when they say, what's a garden hermit? And I'd say, well, uh, I, I prefer that over ornamental hermit. See, I got paid by a guy on the South Hill with more money than sense to stand in his garden with a pitchfork and a wizard hat. <laughs> I li- yes, I uh, just like a some uh, unusual notion of what a druid looks like, and lived in a purpose-built hermitage. <laughs> you might know it as a grotto or rockery. So think Hobbit Hole. <laughs> if you're not familiar with those words, you've, you've probably seen Lord of the Rings. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, follies, grottos, or rockeries. <laughs> built hermitages. <laughs> God damn, that's awesome. Oh, man. Follies. Follies and rockeries is my favorite album by Garden Hermit, too. Garden. It, just rocks, it rocks so fucking hard. Oh, that's such a, a prog rock sounding. Prog rock sounding thing that's all about... Merlin. Like, yeah, it's all about Merlin and H.P. Lovecraft and and, and and somehow spaceships also. Like, well, shit, Led Zeppelin already did Tolkien. We're going to do a whole C.S. Lewis album. Damn, baby. It's just kind of lame. <laughs> We're Garden Hermit. Woo! Lots of lyrics about... <laughs> lyrics about that little satyr dude hanging out with Jesus Lion. <laughs> 
You just get some guitar and it's like chugga 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 Mr. Chumness. Yes. Walking by the lamp of Mr. Chumness. How is that not? How does that not exist? Is that a friend of Adam? Mr. Chumness. Well, it does now. Won't you come into my her? Well, uh, I'm not good. Won't you come into my hermitage? <laughs> or what would be better, Folly? Come into my grotto. No, come into my grotto. That's the name of the song about the beavers. <laughs> my rockery. Because <laughs> you gotta have you gotta have a song about when they visit the beavers in the beaver dam. It's like I already have a tra- track listing for that. You've got, you've got, uh, you got Mr. Tumness. That's their their hit single. Yeah, hit single is Mr. Tumness, and then there's like the there's the back half, uh, like the deep cut is really good called the Stone Table from the B side. Yeah, it's a well known B side if you're in the know. Mm-hmm. True, uh, and then real garden hermit. Yeah, man. you like you like Stone oh, Table now, and then there's one that like the the losers like, but it's actually not the best on the album. But it's like everybody likes it. It's called Turkish Delight. Oh, that's off their greatest hits. Oh, oh, you don't even oh, you don't even know Stone Table. You don't know shit about Garden Hermit, motherfucker. Hermit. <laughs> Mr. Tomness. That's pretty great. I want to write that now. And that would be a really good van painting album. <laughs> <laughs> On the back, you you have the back of the van painted like a rook, rockery, and it says, Welcome to my hermitage. <laughs> yeah. And then underneath it, Garden Hermit. <laughs> People think like there's some really kick-ass prog rock van they've never heard of that they want to get into. It's just the world's strangest prank. <laughs> oh yeah, Garden Hermit Man, they were huge. Yeah. Like they got overshadowed by Zeppelin, but they're just they're way better. Way better. They're better than Rush. Fucking They were more of an artisanal rock rock scene. Yeah. Nobody really heard of them because they just weren't ready for it. They were before their time. Uh. <laughs> it's all just what's the their tour bus is called the Dawn Treader. <laughs> Yep, it's painted like a ship. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not, it's not overtly referenced. It's just everybody knows that that's what it's called. Yeah, it doesn't like have a name on it. Yeah, it's just you have to know, and they just call it the DT. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some D. We're going to the D tread. Yeah, but then when they got past the fourth album, which delights. Nah. <laughs> It's, I don't know enough about CS about uh, that whole wardrobe scene to do any deep cut references. <laughs> I pretty much exhausted. There's everything uh, you know. There's, there's the lion, whatever his name is, because he's in the. If it's in the title of the fucking book, I know about it. <laughs> it's Aslan, motherfucker. I just. <laughs> Holy shit, I just was about to list the abs- the fucking title. I was like, I know there's a lion. I don't remember his name. There's, there's like, a witch. <laughs> and then I realized the third thing was the fucking <laughs> the wardrobe. It's <laughs> like, that's my entire knowledge is just the title of the books. It's like, if you didn't read it when you were in, like, third grade, you missed out. But don't go back and read them now. They're not fucking good. Oh, and then the boat is just one of the movies. Yeah, the Don Treader. And that's that's about it. Yep. And Turkish Delight. Yeah. There, I'm exhausted. That's it. And I only know about Mr. Tumness because they did a, an SNL sketch with the actor. <laughs> yeah. About these these women who just go through the wardrobe because they think Mr. Tumness is hot. Yeah, they want to fuck Mr. Tumness. I saw that one. And then it turns out he has a husband. A.D. Bryant was DTF, Mr. Tumness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> Oh man, we gotta come now. This this deserves like its own whole like couple of songs and a fake history, just like Limousine on Homestar Runner. And then I need a good someone who can approximate that kind of Yes album cover art. Yeah, to make us a, a record sleeve that I could proudly display. Yeah, this is my favorite band. 
It's Garden Hermit. <laughs> so they're named after a tradition in 18th century England. Where you yeah, pay they're, uh, they're from a, a weird subgenre of uh, progressive rock and roll called called wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> they're from the wardrobe scene. <laughs> so really, I mean, like if you don't go if you don't go through the wardrobe, you, you really go through the wardrobe, yeah. man. You got to to really understand it. You got to come out the other side, <laughs> and you'll never look at real at the regular world again after you pass through the wardrobe, mm-hmm. bro. And the the last track on on the album that's about the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Of course, they have a concept album for every book in the series, but the the last track on the first album is a really tough listen because it's like it's eighteen minutes of really noodly guitar. It's kind of a beat poem about about how weird it is to grow to sexual maturity in a fantasy land and then become eight again. Oh, that's oh man, that's some weird Narnia shit right there. Because when they come back, they're kids again, right? Yeah. And they've seen and done all this crazy shit, and now they're back to being eight. Yeah. However old they are. Well, I forgot about that. That's they're back bad. to being eight during the Blitz. That's fucking crazy. It's like in uh, in Rick and Morty playing that game. Oh, yeah. Where they play the, the game where you live the entire life. Like as the, Ron or something? As um, Roy. Roy, that's it. You play you play this game where you're in the virtual reality simulation of the entire life of this man, but it passes in like five seconds in the real world. Yeah, and then you take the helmet off, and real time has only been like a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly Narnia. Yep. Yeah, except it's less boring because you get to be a king and like fight a witch. You don't work at a carpet store. And Santa Claus gives you fucking swords for Christmas. Yeah, which is pretty boss. And a yeah. bow, right? Yeah, sword and a bow. And Lucy, you get this tiny four drops of a healing ointment. Well, you can't trust. Is that the little kid? Yeah, she's the youngest one. And but they, she... like, just straight up murder shit in this world, right? Oh, yeah, they're they killing... kill a bunch of motherfuckers. They're killing things and doing stuff. Yeah, in the old in the old BBC adaptation, which I had on a dual VHS set, it was all, like... It was like Roger Rabbit style where the monsters were animated over the footage. Except oh, except all of the good guys were like the the beavers were just humans in gigantic beaver costumes. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And and Aslan was a very weak animatronic lion and its mouth just kind of slowly moved up and down like the forest wolf goddess in Princess Mononoke. Is this like old Doctor Who level of? Nah, it wasn't that bad. It was they. It was pretty lush for BBC in the eighties. But so is it like the whatever era that was a uh, Hitchhiker's Guide level? Yeah, like they tried, but yeah, it's still. I mean, you can still tell it's it's pretty cheap in, in a lot of places. But the chick that played the the witch just chewed the fucking scenery. She was great. Because that's a that, that's a pretty good rendition yeah. of. Hitchhiker's Guide is that I think I think it's from the eighties. Yeah, and there's just things that they just couldn't do. Like you can't put two heads on a guy and make it not look stupid. So Yetis. Yeah, <laughs> remember those? <laughs> I paid a guy to stand in my garden with a, in a Yeti suit. It's a thing we talked about once. Remember those? We did mention that. It's a wild man. They're not as fun as our fun rock group that we. <laughs> I'm going to add that to our list of strange things we've invented doing this podcast. Strange ideas. You have to have that in my back pocket for later. So when you need to start a band. If I ever need to make an album cover or a record to hang on the wall. Where did I put that list? Garden Hermit. Jesus. You need to, we need to read the list and try to remember what all these things are. Uh... Son of a bitch. I know I created a list. There's a lot of stuff on there that I'll, I won't quite remember talking about. <laughs> um, son of a bitch. Well, I gotta look. Okay, talk about Yeti as well. I'm looking for this. Let's see. At the, probably the most Yeti interest was in the 50s and 60s. There's another... All these uh, people try to scale Mount Everest. Like some photos show up in the 30s of tracks. It's just like tracks. Mm-hmm. And then there's some in the 50s, 19, oh, 1951, is the, the big print that looks like a 
a hominid prince, though. It's like a like a fat Bigfoot foot. <laughs> Not the long, skinny foot that Bigfoot's got. Like that, but just mushed. Yeah, I, th- I, I know I've seen that. Is that the one that the famous picture has it next to an ice axe? Yes. Yeah, that's okay. exactly yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah like I know the one. For scale. Wasn't that, that was like... Uh, Smart that he used to Yeah, but like it was, was it Mallory or Hillary? It was one of the guys who tried to climb. It was either the guy who did succeed in climbing it or the guy who died on the way up. Eric Shipton. Oh, never mind then. Did it. Who did not go up. Because when did Hillary summit? I don't remember. Do you want like 55? I don't, I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. So he didn't make it up there. Okay, so here's here's the list of weird shit that we've created so far. Hold on, let me add Garden Hermit, which <laughs> is a Narnia-based prog rock band. Um, there's the Crypto Club anime. That's right. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Presidents and Dinosaurs. Yes. And, uh, of course, Team Barf Team. Yeah, Team Barf Team. Yeah, and then now Garden Herb. And I'm sure we come up with more that we forgot about that's not on this list. But that's what we got. 1953 was when. Oh, I thought it was in the 40s. Hillary and Tenzig Norgay summited. Uh, how much you want to bet Tenzig Norgay had been up there like 10 times before? <laughs> and just got no love because he, <laughs> yeah. he was a local. Yeah, I'm the first person to ever be up here. What that? What's that, Tenzig? Why? What? Ten? Ten? Ten what? Ten? Yes, Tenzig is your name. Yes, I know that. Ah, I climbed it because it was there. And it's still here. Come climb this and be the second person ever. So even back in the 50s, there were people were saying, like, well, these footprints are in snow. So due to either melting or erosion due to wind and things. These probably aren't what people are saying they are. So even then, nobody was jumping on the Yeti train. (laughs) Like, this is dumb, and this is the 50s. We believe all kinds of dumb shit. And the the things that I loved about Yetis when I was a kid was all the books would always mention the Yeti scalps and the Yeti hands. Yeah, yeah, and the scalps always turn out to be like goats. Yeah, and then there that yeah that happened every time where they like someone would steal some hairs because the because the you know the monks or whatever wouldn't let them have it. Mm-hmm. They always wanted to take the the scalp and have it tested, and so they'd like steal one or steal bits of it. And then when they would compare them to other things, and then later on do DNA testing on it, it's like oh, it's from a bear or from a goat or from yeah. something else. It's, and it, then they'd say, well, they just hid the real one because they knew we were going to steal it. <laughs> None of it's as shameful as the the Bigfoot bagel from a few years back. Do you remember that? The lady the lady claimed that there was like a ba- there was a bagel in her yard. I don't remember if she left it out for Bigfoot, but like Bigfoot was in her yard and there was a bagel in her yard and Bigfoot took a bite of the bagel. And, <laughs> and so she went to get a DNA test for all the DNA on the bagel, and the only DNA that came back was from the blueberries in the bagel. <laughs> really? Yeah. So either Bigfoot is a fruit, or uh, that lady was crazy. And it was like some Midwestern person. I kind of hate it when Midwesterners try to steal Bigfoot. Yeah, you can't have Bigfoot. Like, even that, as I say that as a Midwesterner who has gone on a Bigfoot hunt in the Midwest, like, he, he can't be everywhere. Yeah, come up with your own thing. Yeah, at least Florida has a decency to call it a skunk ape. Then what's he like in the cornfield? Where's he going to be? Yeah, exactly. There's not a, there's not a lot of thick forested areas around here. Maybe he just hides in barns during the winter, and yeah, it chills in the cornfield during the summer. Yeah, let's see. Oh, I've talked about Tom Slick before. I remember talking about him. Tom Slick. Tom Slick was this American uh, oil business millionaire type character who funded all kinds of adventure things wait 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 wait. so he was an oil baron whose name was tom slick tom slick i don't believe you he looks like the simpsons guy but probably not (laughs) he sounds like a made-up character tom slick so he was an oil baron character and he kept funding 
expeditions to look for things like the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, I remember why. Because it was the Trinity Alps Giant Salamander. He funded an expedition for that. That's why I've talked about him. Before. Oh, that's right. That's right. And so he'd throw money around for people to, to find Bigfoot, Yeti, and the Loch Ness Monster. And he had a, his buddy, Jimmy Stewart, went to... Wait, actual Jimmy Stewart? Yeah, actual Jimmy Stewart, actor James Stewart. Whoa! Jimmy Stewart was his pal, and he went and stole the the Pangbachi hand. The <laughs> smuggled it, smuggled uh, India to London. Because he's so he's so trustworthy. He's Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart stealing Bigfoot hands. I wanted to. I just let me feel that hand a little bit. Oh, feels great. Jimmy Stewart, you seem trustworthy. I'm really just doing my impression of Dana Carvey's impression of Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, I can't really. Yeah. Do it much. Either. Let's see. So the he got this hand out. <laughs> That's so rad. It's Jimmy Stewart stole a Yeti hand. That's amazing. Allegedly smuggled the hand out of the <laughs> That's a rad story. So let's see. Okay. Uh, on my to-do list, work out better Jimmy Stewart impression. You <laughs> sketch based on him smuggling Yeti hand out of India. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh Jesus, That's too good. Uh, it's the pang let's see where the pang pangbachi hand come from? Pangbachi so came from Nepal. Oh, it didn't come from Pangbachi. That's false I advertisement. Know why it's called that. So this Byrne guy, Byrne, Peter Byrne, was part of the Tom Slick expedition. Mm -hmm. Reportedly stole the pieces from some monks after they refused to allow his removal for study. He claims he replaced the stolen bone fragments with human bones and rewrapping the hand. (laughs) And then he got the, the bones into India, after which actor Jimmy Stewart allegedly smuggled the hand out of the country. That rad. So let's see what happened to the hand. Jimmy Stewart, cryptid lover. Jimmy Stewart, yeah, bones, noted bone stealer. <laughs> cryptid bone smuggler. <laughs> I love I love giant mythical hominids. That's I can't fucking do Jimmy Stewart. I need to add that to his like they should add that to his role, like <laughs> World War Two B seventeen pilot. Impressive like impressive acting resume. Cryptid bone smuggling. <laughs> but that was a role he played? No, no, that was... No, he did this in real... I think he did. In reality. That's how he got his rocks off. Let's see, a London primatologist conducted a physical exam of the pieces. He, his first findings were that it was hominid, and later in 1960, he decided that they looked like Neanderthal bones. Hmm. Hmm. Let's see. I wonder... If they're Neanderthal bones. Let's see. After this, in 1991, they did a program about it on the NBC Unsolved Mysteries of James oh, Samples. Which said that it was similar to human tissue, but were not human. It only verified that they were near human. Okay, so that means nothing. So that means nothing. And then after the broadcast, the entire hand was stolen. <laughs> God damn it, Jimmy Stewart. And reportedly disappeared into a private collection via the underground sale of antiquities. Huh. Let's see. A finger belonging to the end 2011 supposedly contained DNA from a human. So how much you want to bet Nick Cage now owns it? He has a secret room. Like there's a solid there's a solid chance that Nick Cage has the pang botchy hand right next to his T-Rex skull. <laughs> He's got... His underground bunker full of full of pirated cryptozoological antiquities. Just weird shit. Okay, I'm going to add into our list uh, that Nick Cage consults with Barf Team. Okay, there. It's official. They go to his underground cryptid lair. Oh, here's the the origin, the alleged origin of the story. The monks at the, at least like say Pangbachi. The monks in Pangbachi said many years later, or many years ago, a monk walked into a cave to meditate, and there he saw a yeti. 
He okay. came back to check on the Yeti many years later, and it was dead. So I guess he just like hung out with the Yeti and then came back to check on him. And, and then, then the hand and the his hand off. Stayed <laughs> at the monastery until it was stolen and smuggled by Jimmy Stewart. My, my, my buddy's dead. I guess he doesn't need this hand anymore. Yeah. Huh. The, there was the, the monk had been frozen to the ceiling upside down by the Yeti. What? Like, and then the monk used his, oh, his lightsaber yeah. to detach the Yeti hand and arm. <laughs> and then brought it back to Pangbachi Monastery. You know, there's so much more information on the internet about Wampas than there are about Yetis. <laughs> well, Wampas are real. They live <laughs> on the ice planet Hoth. Yeah. A planet that's just all ice. Just all one biome. It's one feature. With breathable oxygen. Yeah, don't worry about it. But it's very there's cold. Desert planet. There's a jungle planet. There's, there's a city, ice planet. City planet. Yeah, there's probably a night planet. It's always night. Yeah, it's just it's just tidally locked, and so you're you're on the night side of the planet. No, the whole planet is just night all the time. Oh, it's just all just all. Oh, it's just it, yeah. Okay, I got it. <laughs> it's hard to find planet. the night planet. There yeah. is an ocean planet. Yeah, Moncal. Yeah, Moncal is the ocean planet. Does it have any land? I don't think so. Let's see what Wikipedia says. Because just based on my knowledge of the Star Wars universe, I'm assuming it's all water. Mon says ocean world Cal. I did it. it was Mon Calamari, and they were like, that's pretty stupid. Let's well, walk it back to Mon Cal. They're still called the Mon Calamari species, and they're in the Calamari sector of the Outer Rim. <laughs> oh, that's so great that that just stuck around. They didn't try to retcon that to something less goofy. An oceanic planet. Uh, um, land. Oh, it looks like it may have been all ocean. Of course it is. It's a big ball of water. Oh, in 2010, Weta Workshops produced a replica skull and hand based on photos of the missing skull and hand. Cool. Now the monks have a Weta Workshop produced replica. <laughs> that was nice of them. Yeah. Add that to, that's on someone's resume now. Made Yeti hand for Tibetan monks. It's not as cool as uh, Garden Hermit. <laughs> oh, someone from Weta, please design us a, a kick-ass garden, uh, garden Hermit. Yeah, sure. I'm sure a bunch of Kiwis listen to this show. Yeah, the action, action figures of the band in Narnia Empire <laughs> performance outfits. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Because you know they would do some kind of big ass like stick style rock opera. Mm-hmm. No, I'm thinking it's 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 probably more like they're probably more like Spinal Tap. Like because Spinal Tap is a song called Stonehenge about druids. I get a Spinal Tap feel from Garden Hermit. They've got big dreams, but not a lot of budget. No. <laughs> so their wardrobe is too small. <laughs> An 18 inch quite... wardrobe. Like, it's big enough that you can fit through it, but it takes some effort. Mm-hmm. It's not as big as it's supposed to be. <laughs> so, like, the guitarist gets caught up coming out of it, just like just like in Spinal Tap. <laughs> I guess. Fucking A, that's a great movie. Oh, yes. Yeah, it would be a lot like that. Like, they have lots of, of stage props and sets, but they're all pretty crabby. Mm-hmm. But still super boss music. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Tumnus. I'm I'm gonna write the Mr. Tumnus song. I'm gonna Your do Tumnus it. Song, yeah. <laughs> well, the the upcoming project that I'm doing does need some original music. <laughs> that can be that can be a fictional band in the universe that you're yeah. creating, where where the the people the people in the show just really love this band, Garden Hermit, <laughs> and they talk about it as if it's real. Mr. T yeah. Mr. Turnus. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to hear Mr. Tumnus. Yeah, I'll I'll do it. Or some of the other songs. Uh Mr. Let's see. I'll, I'll, let me add a track list to this so I don't forget. Uh Mr. Tumnus. Would there would they have a tour called Through the Wardrobe? The Wardrobe Tour? 
or what? Yeah, what there? Because would they have a separate Thomas. tour name, or would they just tour based on the album name? Turkish Delight. They probably just tour based on the album name. Turkish Delight. That's pretty good. Turkish, yeah, Turkish Delight. Stone Table. And then we we didn't have a name for the eighteen minute rambling poem about sexual frustration and a former adult eight year old. It's untitled, but fans refer to it as Jesus Lion. <laughs> All right, there we go. Garden Hermit. Okay. Oh, and during their shows, they have an omnipotent godlike voice that is that goofy Aslan voice from the animated one. Uh. <laughs> it sounds like that. Uh. No. no. Oh, thank you want to hear the explanation for Yeti? Yes. <laughs> so let's see, where's that at? Or so what has a pretty good explanation? That in recent studying of the Asiatic black bear, Ursus Tibetanus, they found out that the young bears, the smaller bears, are arboreal when they're young. Hmm. So they stay in trees to stay away. They get live up in the trees a lot of times to stay away from the big bears. And this arboreal behavior alters the way their feet look because they're using different, they're using their claws differently than adult bears because they're climbing around all the time. Oh, neat. And so that one of their inner claws goes outward to allow them more of an opposable grip. And so then that extra claw sticking out looks like a big toe, like on a hominid. Hmm. That's pretty cool. And that in their, their gait is such that they're frequently their foot, their paw prints overlap the previous paw print. So it doesn't immediately look like a four footed animal. Gait. Oh, so they walk like a cat does. Yeah. So it's like yeah. the back foot goes in the and hole the, yeah, of, the yeah. of the front foot. Yeah. All the time. And so that when it's, you know, when it's not quite, quite right, then, it looks enough like a like a bipedal gate that it could be mistaken for that. Especially with melting snow and wind drifting stuff around. Yeah, and the print's getting screwed up. Yeah, but but oh. but I read on Wikipedia that Jeff Meldrum examined a print, a footprint, and said it couldn't possibly be a human. Oh, well he's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bear. Score one for Dr. Jeffrey Meldrum. It's not a human. Yeah. I mean, he is an anthropologist. He knows humans. Yeah. He's so a human scientist, not a not a bear scientist. He is not a, a ursinologist. I just, oh, he yeah. Says, yeah. He says he believed them to be too morphologically accurate to be fake or man-made. Hey, right again. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, okay, but I assume Meldrum is morphologically accurate to the Yeti. How the fuck does he know what's morphologically accurate? to a Yeti or a Sasquatch. What, where is he drawing that? What's he comparing it to? Uh, Known Yeti footprints? Yeah, it looks pretty similar to known Yeti footprints. So, clearly it's more Yeti footprints. And they've got, you know, there's one of those, oh, we found a hair, and it has an unknown DNA sequence, which, sure, that seems to happen a lot where it's just they can't figure out I don't know. I don't believe that. Yeah, well, that, that doesn't mean anything. That just means you don't know what it is. You just don't know what it is. It's just maybe that's some goat you haven't sampled yet. <laughs> it's a, it's a another hair goat. sample turned out to be a Himalayan goral. A what? Is that a bovid species? What? Spell that. Bovid or goral? No, goral. G-O-R-A-L. Oh, okay. Sounds like it so is. Goral? How would you pronounce that, you think? I don't know. Goral? 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 It's a bovid. It's like a little deer goat thing. Whoa, that's so cute. That's yeah, really it's cute. It's kind of like if you took a, a pika, pika, yeah. made it into an antelope. So it's a tiny little goatalope. It's a cute little goatalope. Oh, and I want one. <laughs> oh, and this <laughs> one of these Wikipedia pictures, it looks kind of like a giant rodent yeah when it sits down or lays down yeah it looks like a like a capybara 
Oh man, that oh. picture of the capybara you met was awesome. Yeah, isn't that cool? It was. Man, the I want. I want. Capybara, when it wanted you to feed it, it would just point its mouth at you and open its mouth <laughs> and not move. It'd show you its crazy rat teeth. Yeah. Like a fucking nutria. Yeah, they're like a big ass nutria. Motherfuckers. Huh. Uh, the, the, just for context, the goral is closely related to the sarau. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Holy thanks. Shit, look at the sarau. What's S A R O W? S E R O W. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's, gr- it's goofy looking. It looks like a like a shitty wildebeest. Like a stretched out warthog. Sumatran Sarau. Cool, a whole group of critters I've never heard of before. That's, yeah, that's a neat. Sarau. All weird cow goat things. Oh, because bovids, that's cows, right? Uh, bovids. Cows, wildebeests, buffaloes. Bovidae. Ooh, even sheeps and goats are bovids. Oh, yeah, wildebeest. Cloven foof. Cloven foofed. Cloven hoofed ruminants. Dick dicks, gazelles, springboks, <laughs> dikers, cobs, reedbucks. Yeah. Chamois, sheep, hartebeest. The topi. Topi. Toppy. Interesting. Huh, that weird bounce thing that young springboks do is called stotting or pronking. <clears throat> Pronk. Pronk. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, what are we going to do tonight? Pronk. <laughs> yes, the same thing we do every night, Pinky. Stotting. <laughs> oh, great. Stot. A whole bunch of new words. New words and new critters. Huh, some of them have high proportions of monocots in their diets. The what? What are those? On the contrary, these other ones <laughs> feed extensively on dicots. Stop reading Wikipedia at me. <laughs> oh, I've got a plant. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it if you don't stop reading. Well, I better call it anyway. We're at fifty minutes. So what a weird rabbit hole of, of yeah. words. We'll be back. We'll talk about more weird animals. Real oh, real weird lines. animals. Should I just man I'm I'm fascinated by all these weird bovines I've never heard of. <laughs> you do a whole episode. A bongo. A bon- I've heard of bongos. Huh. The bongo. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I was going to talk about a big-ass centipede, but... You do that real quick. Do it. Tell us sure. about... What, is that, what does that have to do with the Yeti? It has zero to do with the Bumble. It's just because I saw one the other day, and now oh. I kind of want one. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's Scolopendra gigantea, the Amazonian giant centipede. Hey, it's big. It's kind of abominable to most people. Yeah, I would say so. You, Don, Don, I described it to Don, and he looked it up on the internet. Oh, it's just fucking abominable as hell. And see, when my wife was in vet school in the Caribbean, she had uh, Caribbean giant scorpions in her house. Scorpions? I keep saying scorpions. Uh, 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 uh. They also live in in part of the Caribbean. Yeah, uh, so no, these it, it, it wasn't that big. It was not a centipede that was that big. But she had these centipedes that lived in her house that were six, seven inches long. And one time one was uh, just trying to, like, get up on her. So she picked up, like, a 30-pound anatomy textbook and dropped it on the thing. And it just scuttled out from under it like nothing. <laughs> was it on carpet? No, it was on hardwood. Really? Or tile, like linoleum, something. But it was hard. It was not carpet. They don't have carpet down there because you just get sand all over it. Oh, that's true because you're always on the beach. Yeah. So the Amazonian giant centipede can get a foot long. Ugh. They're like an inch wide. They're awesome. Where... There aren't too many invertebrates that look bony, but it's it, they look bony, like some kind of weird skeleton snake with legs. Where would you keep it? In a tank, you know, like you do. Oh, man, what a... Now I'm watching a video. What a thing this yeah. is. It's so crazy to see them move around because I've, I've, I saw one before. This was at a, a reptile expo. And I saw one a couple years ago because you don't see them too often. And this dude had an adult one in like a big-ass deli container. And there was an adult, so it was probably a foot long-ish. 
big one, and it was rolled up in a ball. And it didn't look real. I thought it was like, why does he have a rubber centipede <laughs> in a, on his table? That's dumb. And then as I got closer, I realized, oh, shit, that's a real live centipede, and it is monstrous. It was so big, but it didn't move around. It just was curled up sleeping. And then at this expo I was at the other day, there was one in a like a 10-gallon that was about half full of coconut bar, coconut coir, and you couldn't see it. It was down in a, its burrow, like in a burrow underneath the dirt. And then the second time I came around, it came out <laughs> and, and was tooling around on the surface, being huge. This one was like nine inches, ten inches, probably. Jesus Christ! So badass, and every such a polarizing reaction. It was either people had to go, "Oh shit," and get right up next to it and look at it because it was incredible, or the the reaction of just horror. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Just the look of, of revulsion at seeing a centipede that big was just fun to watch. <laughs> like, I'm a little borderline on it. Like, for some reasons, when spiders get a certain size, they ick me out. You have tarantulas. No, it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> like, a really big rose hair, I'm totally fine with. But, like, like a, a medium-sized huntsman. No, those don't bother me at all. It's oh. the, uh, the Goliath bird eater. Oh, okay. They're so big, like, it doesn't make sense if that's still a spider. But it is. And it bo- it bothers me because it's so big. And I, I have no rational explanation for this because one size down, I'm totally fine with. Hmm. Yeah, but that just is. that one more size up, it's like, that's, that's too big. That shouldn't be a spider. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a small rat with big spider legs. I, I, I'd be okay with a rat with a lot of legs, but rats are adorable. Yeah, rats are okay. <clears throat> I'm just hyper allergic to them. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm allergic to guinea pigs, weirdly, but nothing else. Yeah, I'm allergic to all rodents. Guinea pigs, rats, mice. Uh, uh, like, I was uh, I was in a exotic vet's office with uh, my old gecko, and there was, I think it was a tegu, and that was kind of bothering me a little bit. So, or te- is tegu a lizard? Degu? One's tegu. A- yeah, tegu is like a big gerbil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the jumpy rat. Tegu is a lizard. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I love them. They're adorable, except guinea pigs. They're useless. I don't like guinea pigs, so I don't care that I'm allergic to them. But um, my wife loves rats, and we would both like to have pet rats. But uh, one time I almost died when she had them. <laughs> wow. it's a pretty strong reaction then. Oh, yeah. I went to the allergist, and he gave me a skin test, and he came back to examine it and looked at this giant blotch on my arm and said, Oh, so I have a one to four scale for how allergic people are to things. And that's what I'm going to have to call a four plus. <laughs> Just make it five. Yeah. It's, uh, so, okay. So I was like, <laughs> I was more allergic to rats than he had ever seen anybody be allergic to anything. Wouldn't your dogs try to eat them? Probably. So that'd be a problem. Yeah. I mean, they bother the cats. They'd. But the rats would be else like they'd be in a cage not in a basement where the dogs don't really go. That's probably where they'd be if we had them. But we're not because they kill I'm them. Positively indifferent to rats. You feel like you. That's, <laughs> that's what you said about Springsteen. If you f- <laughs> so like the boss and rats as pets are on the same level for you. Yeah, I don't really need either one. <laughs> but you don't mind if other people have them. Force me to sure. Yeah, they're all right. If you force me to pick a rodent. That you have to own a rodent and be like rats. If you force me to listen to like New Jersey blue collar rock, I guess I'd pick Springsteen. <laughs> well, your choices are Springsteen or Bon Jovi. Yeah, Springsteen. Yeah, all right. It's, it, yeah. That's, that is an easy choice because yeah. it doesn't require you to grow a mullet. I don't want either one of those things, but <laughs> if required to, yeah, that's what I'd pick. Okay, we're pushing an hour. I'm going to call it. For real right. time, I'll or, fill you more in. I'll fill in you more on the centipede when I get one. Uh, thanks. Yeah, because you know that's what I want is to hear more about your goddamn giant centipede. They also have a venomous bite. Go even better. Yeah. They don't really need to because they can crush things with their giant, powerful jaws. So it's just superfluous venom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, that's a pretty great punk band, Superfluous Venom. So. <laughs> 
All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening to The Hidden Zoo. We'll be back uh, hopefully next week now that Blake's off uh, and I'm not going to be traveling on a Sunday. So, yeah, we'll record some in a couple of weeks. Uh, And uh, as always, stuff. We'll see you next week through the wardrobe. Oh, yeah, that. Mr. Tomness!